Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 183 of Stream of Thought. And today we have a special episode where we have the first guest in over a year joining us today, my dear friend Matt, who has uh, uh, quite a story to share as well as his relationship with me. And let me tell you, there is plenty of roasting of Ricks, which I'm more than happy to be a part of. But I think it leads us to a better place where maybe we can try and find a... a... Common ground. Common ground are the words that Rix is looking for. But it was very interesting. I had the pleasure of seeing the friendship between them unfold. We talk a little bit about how people with from uh, from different backgrounds can come to get to know each other. Um, just, you know, the importance of, of not judging a book by its co- cover and respecting one another. And uh, overall belief systems, validity, and, you know... As usual on Stream of Thought, we just run the gambit. So, with that being said, episode number 183 of Stream of Thought, featuring our dear friend Matt. We hope you enjoy. I wanted to ask you this yesterday. I don't know, Matt, if you follow any of the Marvel films. I do not. I think they're cool. I like seeing stuff blow up and I like action. Rick's is super into it. I have no idea what's going on when I've seen some of them. However, being in LA, every single billboard out here is for television and film. And Rick's, they've had all of the WandaVision billboards out and everything. But didn't you say I don't get it because I, well first of all have you seen the show yet it's come out yeah no I, I saw episode one and two for sure okay so explain to me because I try and I try to know what's going on what's up with Paul Bettany he's a computer that's a human but now they're in the fifties but it the mar all the stuff that that's in the movies is in modern day I don't understand what's going on oh bro bro. You, you don't want me to go on a nerd binge right now. Basically, when it comes down to it, the whole premise of this show is it, it goes through the, the chronology of TV history. But the, the Wanda person, the, the Scarlet Witch, is uh, somebody who has created this alternative reality, this, uh, this kind of divergent reality that we live in. And she's doing it with Vision, her love interest, who is basically the culmination of like android plus indestructible metal plus um tony stark all combined together and created this person who i don't know matt did you ever see any of the avengers uh like final movies at all i have no clue what the avengers even is whoa whoa oh man talk about just slamming on the brakes right there Yes, no, basically, <laughs> it's, yes, it's, it's, uh, an android, more or less, who has achieved sentience. Matt, you're like, Matt, you're like one step behind me, because I, like, kind of know it's, I know what it is, barely, I know that there's superheroes, and I know Iron Man, and I went to go see the movie, one of the movies with Rick's, and he was, it was like sitting next to a child during the film, and afterwards, he's talking about all these different things, I'm like, dude, I don't. Yeah, dude, stuff is blowing up, and, like, there's Hulk. I, it's cool. I like it, but I don't know what's going on. I mean, really, if you want to talk about a child, 
Sitting next to Rick's in a car is like sitting next to a child, so. No, you need to stop. Your windows are dirty. <laughs> Matt, I feel as though that would give you a more, uh, a deeper appreciation for, uh, for my own childhood attitudes. No, it's great, because I can swear around this child. Dude, Matt, one time Rick's had a freak out when, I think we were in high school or something, and he was driving us around, and we were like, you know, we were all kind of fucked up and drunk or high, and he was the one driving us around, and we were like, let's go do this, no, let's go do that, and our friend Cooper's tried to get him like drive back to from where we already came from or something like that and all of a sudden this spastic bout of rage just came out of rick's like no this is my car we're not doing that we're doing this and we're all like whoa dude freaking out over here just chill dude everything's gonna be okay just chill rick's Dude, Matt, you have no idea how much of a buzzkill I was back in the day. I was this straight-up, prissy, little, like, angelic kid growing up. I don't know if you ever saw that in me at all. I know you've seen the emotional side of me, but, yeah. I know I've seen the emotional side, and I know I've seen the side where I wanted to jump across a table. (laughs) Dude, we had to go to his house and... And convince him to hang out with us. We would call him up or text him to hang out. He's, no, I'm at home. Like I can't hang out. Blah blah blah. So we just drive over to his house and just lay on the horn until he'd come out. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do too. Rick, you're coming with me. This is this is a this is a setup for a roasting Rick's episode. I was about to say like this, this very well could go in that direction, <laughs> which is which is cool. Yeah, I mean I got like a bunch of roasting pans too if we want to get serious about it. <laughs> it it may be called for so matt uh when it comes to dealing with children or childhood behavior how do i how do i stack up against your own children i mean my kids are a little bit more mature i mean (laughs) you're a pretty good kid my daughter makes me look you know you make my daughter look smart but that's kind of what i'm aiming for right now (laughs) yeah i mean just 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 one one step above like subpar you know, my kid makes me look dumb. She can speak Spanish, and she's seven. Oh my god, was that was that uh, intentional? Was that something that she like went to classes for? Or? She just said she wanted to learn Spanish. My cousin's a Spanish teacher, and then they hooked up. My cousin's in Florida, so they do it over Zoom. And then they asked me if I know Spanish, and I was like, "Yeah, puto." And you know, I I, I can't really teach her the <laughs> words I know. So I might get right. in trouble in school. I I feel like uh, now that we're we're a couple minutes into this, uh, Matt, I don't know if you want to share why it is that you are on this podcast because I you know I I saw this random name Matt S and I just uh, was like oh let's let's let him into this podcast. So uh, if you you want to share why you're here, because uh, you asked me to be. <laughs> no, I thought it'd be cool. I've never done one before. And you've always talked about it, so I thought it'd be a cool opportunity to try it out. And uh, Matt and I have known each other for what? Um, four and a half years. Four, four and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh gosh, it's been four and a half now already. We met uh, quite a bit ago. I, I don't know if you're cool with sharing that we met through Gamblers Anonymous. I know we talk about that a little bit on the podcast. That yeah, it's uh, been a relationship that has been informative to me and has been something that 
I have really appreciated. And it's only recently that Matt and I have started to get back into chatting on a regular basis um, in all the chaos that is life. So I felt like, you know, you, Matt, you are probably one of the most interesting people that I know in in the sense, in the sense that you uh, have a very different kind of experience and and life experience than somebody like myself and the fact that we were able to like find common ground i remember some of the most most memorable moments of ga would be matt would pick me up uh probably like an hour to an hour and a half ahead of our meetings we'd go there to the meeting set up make the coffee set up all the chairs put out all the literature and just talk and then go outside and wait for people to arrive. And I, Matt, I have to say like, you're it, it being able to form a relationship with you is something that I would have never thought possible prior to our relationship being formed. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, what you have to offer has given me a lot. And so I was excited to be like, if you're if you're open to being on this podcast and just shooting the shit, talking about random stuff, welcome me into the space. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just kind of a, a brief background as to you know how how we have come to the space. Yeah, I mean, I know when I first met you and you would read that one book, I wanted to jump across the table and choke you out because you sounded like a damn preacher. And then getting to know you, you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a pastor or preacher. And then it says Father Rick's on your computer. I'm like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have, you know, maybe if I did that, I would have felt better. <laughs> but I'm glad I got to know you because we'd have, what, I'd pick you up an hour and a half early. And nobody showed up until five minutes before the meeting started if they showed up that early. And we'd bullshit for, I don't know, an hour and a half hour and didn't have to think about what was going on in the real world and some of the stuff we talked about was straight up off the wall and i remember you saying one time no homo right as a guy walked into the room that i'm pretty sure <laughs> is not straight and he just kind of looked at us and i don't know if you remember that we i were don't talking, i don't we remember were talking about something serious and i'm like he starts off the conversation with, I only trust you with this. And I'm like, oh, great. He's going to tell me he's gay. This is awesome. And uh, he's telling me all this stuff. And then we finish this conversation. And he goes, I, what did you think I was going to tell you? I'm like, well, I figured you were going to come out. Because it was just a matter of time before I figured you were going to do that. And uh, he goes, no, no homo. Right as this guy walks in the room to the meeting who happened to show up 15 minutes earlier than everybody else shows up and he just kind of looks at us and he's like okay okay so 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 obviously oh, matt, matt you <laughs> your yeah your 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 intuition or whatever uh has been revealed victor have you have you ever uh gotten a gay vibe from me no zero zero gay vibes but what i was going to say Going off of what uh, Matt was saying, kind of relating to, you know, when you're talking to someone uh, in an informal setting, you know, obviously, like, 
you two talking together before the meeting starting is a completely different dynamic than, let's say, for example, if there's a meeting and there's a 15-minute break and you're just, you know, shooting the shit, you know, I don't know, drinking some coffee, and then you come back to it. You know what I'm saying? It's completely separate dynamic than that from the group that you are in. But I was going to say how interesting it is, how interesting it is to get to know somebody without any expectations or maybe if you're in a situation where you're forced to interact with someone that you normally wouldn't interact with you know an example might be if you get stuck in an elevator with someone or like if you're in high school and because of your last names there's a kid sitting behind you that's you've always thought was super annoying but then they end up becoming one of your best friends and it's like oh that wasn't she didn't see that coming um and so it's it's fun. It's interesting when you take two people together who normally on the surface wouldn't you know have anything to uh, find in common, and because of the informality and just kind of hanging out without any expectation, you end up forming a pretty tight bond. Yeah, that's true. I mean, think about it. In high school, Ricks was kind of the guy. I wasn't the most sane person in high school. You know, I was a little off the wall, a little fucked up. And, uh, Ricks is the kind of guy I would have shoved in a gym locker and took a leak on. But, <laughs> you know, they, they frown upon that now, so. For us, we always, uh, he was the guy that we could always count on to get an explosive reaction out of. Because of the way that he would react to things, we would do things, you know, with the pure intention of, let's just see how Ricks would react to this. See, I don't see that in him. He seems too calm for me. It kind of used to creep me out a little bit. I'd be talking about something, be all excited, be all pissed off, and he'd be like, dude, chill. I'm like, what do you mean, chill? This is, like, serious. He goes, your wife told you she loved you. I mean, why is that serious? Like, because this is a commitment. Ah. I have problems with commitment, man. Yeah, he's a lot more chill. Yeah, he's always very good at, uh, at having an objective view towards things and helping you see the big picture. He does a good job. Rick, what are your thoughts? I'm 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 kind of like I'm I'm kind of experiencing a little bit of a mind fuck right now. I was gonna say it. It looks like you don't know what's going on because first we're roasting you and then we're complimenting you, roasting you, complimenting you. It's like that 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 merry-go-round, right? It speeds up faster and faster until you don't know what direction you're actually heading. Yeah, man. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I that that is interesting because. I have, and and Victor has been somebody who's been kind of one of those people who's always said, um, you know, just cool your jets, like calm down, like don't show emotion. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's the circumstances, Matt, that I've had with you where we're in a place where I've got to be that pastoral influence. But I also feel like we've had like private conversations. I don't know if I've shown that same sort of... Um, I don't want to say aggression or anything like that, but just like hyper emotion things that just like really ro- royal my soul. Um, that's that's part of the reason why we do this podcast <laughs> to begin with is for me just to emotionally vomit everything. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it comes out raw. Sometimes it comes out kinda well processed, like a good old fashioned Angus beef burger. I prefer venison over beef. As, as the hunter you are, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I can only think of a couple times where you've been, like, extremely pissed off. Or, uh, emotional. And one was the day that, uh, you said no homo. And it was, like, for a couple weeks you were just off the wall. Um, passive-aggressive, I would say. But other than that, you've been Ooh. all... Yeah, I said passive aggressive. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, he he gets like that. It's rare, but he'll get like that with me every so often. Just on a couple occasions and then I call him out on it and it's pretty quick. You know, you're right, Victor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so- You've gotten an apology out of him? <laughs> oh man. Yes. Wow! Wow! We are really we are really yeah. doing deep cuts right now. All right, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but he keeps his. I mean, he he doesn't freak out so much anymore. I mean, everyone everybody has their freakouts, which is totally fine. You need to be. You need to feel your emotions and let them out. But it's rare that he will freak out and then lash out on me as a result. It's only maybe happened that I can think of in the entirety of this podcast, maybe just like two or three times. And I don't even remember the last time that it happened. I can't tell you or even point out to specifically what it, what it was, but just two or three times. And I'll try and my, my, my go-to method when someone isn't making any sense I'll repeat back what they're saying, but just using different words. I'll say, okay, so what you're saying is dot, dot, dot. Say back to them exactly what they said, but just a little bit differently. And then they kind of stop and think, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am not making any sense. You know, Victor and I, um, both from very, very, like, unique perspectives, uh, where we try to find a way to bridge divides that we have but sometimes it always feels like we're missing something in that exchange and to have kind of a a neutral third observer come in and be able to talk with us and uh share share their own perspectives kind of enlightens the whole conversation because a lot of the stuff that we talk about from just personal life to um the environment that we live in, whether it's the burbs of DuPage County or politics, religion, et cetera, et cetera, we uh, we always try to find a way just to offer new perspectives is probably the best way to put it. And it's limited based off of both of our per, you know personal experiences. So. I can tell you this quarantine thing is starting to load up to be a crack of crap. I'm to sit at home with my wife and kids one more day. I hope she's not home. I left early from this party I was at. But not that I don't enjoy it. It's just I want to see another person other than the people I work with and my family. Like Zoom is cool because you can just, hey, let's meet on Zoom and you can talk and BS. But, I mean, between the three of us, a strip club would be nice every now and then. (laughs) Victor. So what is the... What is the, um, I guess, what's the feeling in the air in Illinois in terms of quarantine? Because out here in L.A., 
I mean, we're on this quote-unquote lockdown, which was a real lockdown when the whole thing happened. But shortly thereafter, you know, people, they say it's a lockdown, and then they list on the official website all these exceptions. Exceptions for getting your groceries, running errands, exercise, hiking trails and beaches. So it's a lockdown, but then the exceptions pretty much make it seem like there is no lockdown. And out here, you just can't eat indoors at a restaurant or even outdoor at a restaurant. We used to have that, but you could still meet up with people wherever. You know, it's not a bar restaurant, but meet up and hike, meet up and go do that, whatever the case is. So it doesn't feel like quarantine at all. What's it like in Illinois for, for you guys, or how has your experience been the last 10 months? Because a lot of restaurants now are staying open. They're not following. Technically, if you follow any of the politics in Illinois, the governor's ex- executive order or whatever it is has expired, and he never renewed it. So technically, we can do whatever we want but nobody really knows this so i mean bars are still open it doesn't make sense to me is they have a tent outside and they call it outdoor dining but it's a fully enclosed tent with heaters and i mean what you won't let me go inside to use your bathroom but i can sit outside and eat with a person 10 feet from me or some restaurants are letting you eat indoors. Exactly. I mean, at some point we got to return to some sort of normalcy because I know in Cook County alone, last year, from the start of this, and I was telling Rick's this, the overdose rate went up like 35 40% in 10 months. Wow. They had like 1,500 overdose deaths just from... The time everything took place to where it is now, or the end of the year, Jeez. and that's just one county in Illinois alone. Because well, Rick's, I told you this before, but Matt doesn't know. But when this whole thing back in end of November, beginning of December, there was a spike for cases in LA, which is when they were like, okay, now the outdoor seating is no more, and they're doing all these other uh, implementing all these other things, and. Uh, Around that time, I used to have long hair. I was really wanting to get a haircut, and I was very upset because I tried to make an appointment for a haircut like the last weekend that salons and barbershops or wherever were going to be open, and I couldn't get one. And I needed a massage too because I was just very upset and agitated all the time, and those were closed. But what really upset me was, you know, they're taking all these precautions, but your liquor stores are still open. Starbucks is still open. The mall is still open. The beaches are still open. Hiking trails are still open, which, by the way, I go to the Hollywood sign every weekend to go run. By 7.30, the parking lot is packed in the morning. And so it's just like – it's just. I mean, you know me, Ricks. I try and make common sense out of everything, but you know, you find that common sense is not so common. It's just like, what the hell is going on? And I also saw a photo of a place – Oh, no, where it was, Chicago or New York, you know, like you were saying, Matt, with the outdoor seating. And they were constructing uh, an outdoor dining area with, you know, two by fours and plywood. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're just, it's the same thing as being indoors. It's just like this, none of this makes any sense. Not a 
bit of it. I mean, one, it's Chicago. It's, what is it today, Rick's 29, 30 degrees out and snowing? Something like that, yeah. Why would you want to eat outside? Like, I'll cook on my grill or my smoker, but I'm not going to sit outside and go, oh, this is a great burger. You know, you might as well let me eat right. indoors. If you're going to construct something, it makes no sense to sit there and say, well, you can't go in my restaurant, but you can sit out here. Have you seen uh, some of the restaurants? Because I do DoorDash and Postmates deliveries. Some of them have uh, – some places will let you go inside to use the restroom or whatever, and they have this – I don't know even know what it is, but like this hook thing on the door so that instead of grabbing it with your hand, you like put your forearm around it and pull it open, which I can understand, but I don't think people realize just how often – you touch things with your hands. I'm like, this is pointless. Just, I'm just going to let me open it with my hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be washing your hands regularly anyway. So the fact that there's this device on here to open it with your forearm or with your foot, it almost seems counterintuitive. I don't know. Your foot kind of makes sense a little bit. But your forearm, I mean, they're telling people to cough and sneeze under their elbow now. So we're bumping elbows and we're opening stuff with our forearms. We're just spreading stuff that way. So I have a quick question going back to um, what we were talking about like a little bit before. So I was curious, what was the reason that you guys would show up an hour and a half uh, early? And then a, and then a second question was um, because – Matt, for example, I, I had this friend, I have a friend in high school, still one of my best friends. I, I, he would always be talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. I'd be like, dude, this person is so annoying. And we ended up sitting next to each other in class. And then eventually I was like, oh, I really like this guy. What were your <laughs> thoughts on Rick's when you met him? And at what point when you guys were talking, did you realize like, oh, this, you know, this person is a very genuine, thoughtful person. And, you know, I'm happy to know him. Oh man, wow. that's that's a good question. Uh, when I first met him, I was pretty angry. I mean, if you crossed me the wrong way, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I, I remember was, that. Yeah, I was miserable. I remember he asked me a, me a question in a meeting, and I was like, "Because I don't want to be here or something." I I want to get my life. I forget what it was, but I snapped at him, and he drove me nuts. He was just calm. He had this preacher like thing over him little did i know he was a pastor and uh when I mean, there was times where like i i think one guy held me back one time after a meeting i was like i'm gonna take him out this guy's too calm i'm taking him out and the guy held me back and he's like no he's a good guy he's a good guy and then when i got serious about quitting gambling and all that uh he needed a ride or something came about and he needed I think he needed a ride to the to get there to open and I was like you know what I'll do anything right now that it takes to get clean so I volunteered I told him I'd pick him up every week and I'm one of those uh, whether I'm picking you up or I'm going by myself I'm showing up early but I came from a different program where I mean you would show up a half hour 45 minutes early and you would talk in the parking lot for 45 minutes until the meeting started or it was time to go on. So that was nothing new to me. And then after getting to know him, I mean, he just turned out to be a great guy. He's got that way about him to 
help. And I've even, because with myself, uh, if there have there's certain things where, you know, if I hear something, whether it's on the news or someone says it, and it sounds like something that I agree with, I, I won't go off the rails and be like, gung-ho, 100%. Yes, I agree, but he's definitely taught me to, you know, how beneficial it is to just stop and try and have a biased approach towards things. So, Rick's all around... Okay, guy. <laughs> stamp of approval. <laughs> I used to have an approved stamp sitting by my computer, but I don't know where it went. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing too, right? Um, and and something too that Matt has been very formative in in my own personal recovery is humility, um, because trust me, uh, his his comments uh, were these are not the first time he shared those comments with me, so. The, the concept of just being able to um, be a little more reflective of the environment and be able to meet people where they are, whether or not, Matt, that was what you intended. Um, that's kind of what I took from it, where stop being so zealous, stop being so like gung-ho about stuff and just be at peace, allow people to come to you and it all ends up working out. And that's part of the reason why I reached out to you for for a ride for every week during our meetings. Um, it would it would be the highlight of my week, uh, and and it was something that was was uh, equally as fulfilling as the meetings themselves, if not more so, because we we got to get into the some of those like really deep and complicated issues. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there's stuff I'll talk about in a meeting, and there's stuff I won't talk about in a meeting. When you're, you know, picking up anybody, especially someone like you that you can trust, you know, you can talk about stuff that I don't want to bring up in front of, whether it be three, four people or 30 people, you know, because you're going to get all these different opinions and I might not want their, I don't want their opinions one and two, I firmly believe that there's stuff to be talked about in a meeting and stuff to be talked about out of a meeting. You know, there's just certain things. Uh, Victor, do you feel any resonance with that at all? I mean, is there, is there, is there some correlation in your, I mean, you and I have a very different relationship, but you know, one of, one that starts with antagonism and ends with kind of a mutual bond. Well, I was going to say for sure, like there's things that we talk about on the podcast and there's things that we talk about, you know, after the podcast when we're not recording. And, and you know, people choose to, to share things or not share things for different reasons, but you know some of the things that you and I talk about Ricks when we're not recording I don't know what maybe your reasoning behind it is but for me is because no matter how well you explain it or no matter how well you articulate what it is that you're thinking people who don't personally know you it's just impossible for them to understand what you're saying without attaching scrutiny to that opinion that they might have. It's like, I don't, you know, we share things. It's like, I don't need people, you know, saying to me, 
you know, oh, I heard on your podcast this or email us that. And it's like you, you're taking it out of – you're taking it from a context of not knowing me as well as you think, which is why we talk, which is why I told you that thing about the Zoom class, my Zoom class the other day. Because if I say that on the podcast, you know, you're going to have – you can have opinions left and right, this and that. It's like you don't know, but you don't – you're not listening to what I'm saying, you know. So it's a lot easier to share things with people who know you well because they get you as opposed to just hearing things from someone that, you know, you might not know that well. And uh, Matt, I'm, I'm kind of curious and I feel like this is something that might be a – might be an interesting conversation to have. You had mentioned in the past about the support for Donald Trump um, and his presidency. I think you mentioned he's done good things um, that you believe. And the response of after the riots, um, I don't know if you care to share any of that uh, thought. Because for me, you know, I, I viewed you as somebody who supported Donald Trump, you know, through thick and thin. And when you said what you did to me um i was like oh i'm so wrong like in assuming you know absolute loyalty to somebody like that i i don't know i mean i don't i don't want to create offense or anything like that but i'm yeah we're, we're towards the end so figured get a little, get a little deeper if uh you you care to kind of share i mean i don't know the whole situation of what happened with the riots i try not to pay attention to that crap just because it gets me so irritated. But, uh... If he antagonized people and was supporting people to go and do that... Then... He's just... Crossed the line. I mean, whether you, you... You take the loss with grace. I mean, I've played a lot of sports. I've lost in... Big games. I've lost in... Little games. Championships. Whatever. And I mean... Why make anything worse than it already is? You know, you lost. Everybody feels like the election was, or not everybody, but a lot of Trump supporters feel the election was stolen. I'm staying out of that. You know, to go and storm the Capitol, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, it's just stupid. That's a recipe for disaster, you know. I don't. I mean, federal prison though doesn't sound as bad as like Statesville or Stan, San Quentin, but I mean, it's just, to me it's just pointless. What are you going to prove if you steal the electoral college ballots or whatever you're after? Because that's not the only record of them. I can guarantee you that much. They're not all sitting in those wooden boxes. So going to steal stuff. I mean. If he supported that, then I lost all respect I had for him. But, I don't know, I mean, I think the whole situation was out of control. And I think it can go either way. You know, you either support it or you don't. And As far as I'm concerned, if a civil war happens, Biden's 81 million voters, half of them don't exist or are dead, so I'm not too worried. I mean, Matt, you and I have had plenty of political conversations during our our drives and setups for for the meetings, and you know, we we have you know certain disagreements, and 
for me, that's not something that is, you know, important to the relationship that we have. And it feels like there's this kind of it's us versus them attitude um, that I feel not just on the the Trump supporting side, but also on my side as well, the more liberal progressive side. It's like you can't even engage with people who have different opinions with you. And I can't tell you the number of conversations I had with you during Trump's presidency where we had like reasonable, rational conversations. And it was it was just mutual, right? You know? And I don't know. I mean, it it it's weird to be like, have you have you tried? I and and for 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 two people, you, Matt, and myself, uh, that <laughs> we have such different perspectives on politics and random stuff like that. That's that seems so so far off in the distance um, that we can still maintain some modicum of respect for one another. That I think that's more powerful to me in our relationship than anything else because I have been told in my circles, I'm sure you have heard in news media, you know, people will not listen. You know, the other side is the enemy, they cannot be engaged, they cannot be reasoned with or rationalized with. And here we find ourselves being able to have mutual conversation and. We made it work. I mean, we may not always agree, but it's still a mutual relationship and we respect where we come from. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think our big thing is we know when it's going to reach a point when, okay, this is going to get a little heated or this is going to get in the way of our friendship and someone changes the topic. It, I mean, whether it's you or me. It's like we can sense, okay, this is going to start affecting stuff, so let's change the chap- let's change the topic and, you know, move on and get on to something else because we're just going to agree to disagree or we're going to get in a fight and someone's going to get left at Portillo's or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, plus we're two decent human beings who come from a completely different background, but found a mutual friendship and mutual ground to meet on that it doesn't matter what you believe politically and if you know no matter what I'd be your friend so it's not like you know I'd turn my back on you because you voted for Biden and Harris I mean your beliefs are your beliefs my beliefs are my beliefs and what it comes down to is who you are as a human. If you're one of those Antif... I can't even say the name. Antifa. Yeah, something Antifa. like that. Yes, yeah. You know, if you're one of those guys, I might change my mind, but... You know... <laughs> yeah. As far as... Like, I know you're not out throwing bricks through buildings and... Looting and all that stuff. So, I mean... Like I said, we're, you're a decent... We're two decent human beings that can have a conversation and know when the right time is to stop it. Or we get to Geneva Road. <laughs> Victor, Victor, there, <laughs> I, I can tell you want to say something. I got a couple things, yeah. 
first of uh, the first of them was I was watching the, a clip of the Joe Rogan podcast, and there was a guy on the podcast who had fought in Iraq or Afghanistan or, or somewhere, and he was talking about the time how he he killed a guy in hand to hand combat, and and Joe Rogan asked him, uh, you know, what he thought of that, and he's like. You know, I was in a situation of kill or be killed. It doesn't mean that he is the enemy. You know, they 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 drill into you. This they are the enemy. Kill, kill, kill. But he's like, in reality, it doesn't mean they're the enemy or that they're evil. You know, this guy, I'm at war for whatever set of beliefs that I have, and he's at war for whatever set of beliefs he has, and they're both valid points. And I'm sure he has a wife and kid, and I have a wife and kid, and you know, we're the same person. It's just. At that moment of space and time, our cross paths, and because of the environment that we were in, you know, we were forced to try and kill one another. Um, that was that was one thing. Just identifying that, regardless, like what you said, Matt, of of where you come from, everybody has a set of beliefs for whatever reason. It doesn't matter, you, you know. There's no right or or wrong. It's just their beliefs are their beliefs, um, and I think that. You know, to to maintain credibility in those beliefs, you need to respect the fact that other people think differently of you. But if you have a set of beliefs and you're just you're always trying to say that you're right, then it's like, well, I can't take you seriously. That was one thing. The other was um, like I thought of my one of my favorite quotes from uh, from The Dark Knight was when Michael Caine says to. Uh, Christian Bailey is like, you know, some men can't be bought or reasoned with. They just want to see the world burn. It's like, that's how some people are. They don't care to hear the other side. They don't care, you know, they don't really have a a solid, concrete belief of their own. They just want to wreak havoc on the whole system. And then uh, the third thing, I don't know if this is true or not, but the example serves its purpose. But I had read... I saw like this Instagram post, you know, that said if you you put in a jar black ants and red ants, they're they just chill out. It's just whatever. But then if you shake the jar, they'll try and kill each other. And the black ants will think the red ants are evil and the red ants will think the black ants are evil. But the real evil is the one who shook the jar. I was like, Oh wow. Deep. I've seen that same thing, and I wondered. But I don't know where to get red ants and black right? ants to try to figure this out. So. <laughs> right, but, but, but you know what? But it serves a bigger purpose. Because like, regardless whether you identify as Republican or Democrat or you or whatever the case is, you know, there you need to be aware of forces that are outside of your periphery that are just pulling strings for the sake of pulling strings i completely agree i mean right you got to be careful and everybody wants to fight everybody on facebook or twitter and all that stuff computer warriors so and and yet we find ourselves in this place of uh complete and absolute chaos where we don't we don't know who is friend or foe and uh feels like that that interpersonal communication you know i mean i i have had assumptions that have been proved wrong and i'm 
I'm happy to experience that. But it also is a reminder that the things that I think or believe aren't necessarily infallible or true. Um, it requires it requires an effort to be able to to overcome that. And you know, the map. You know, to to be totally honest, that's kind of what where you have led me in in my whole searching process in this highly political uh, political environment politicized you know um stuff that we deal with that having somebody who has a, a different philosophical perspective on government or the way that society should operate you know it, it's been nothing but informative for the way that I try and understand my own understanding of how things are and what I hope things to be because we're we're part of this community together and that's that's the beauty of what can be uh, not that it'll necessarily happen but it's possible yeah I think that's a great note to end on Rick's do you have anything else you want to add Matt do you have anything else you want to add Betty White turned 99 today that's amen funny. I saw that's right. that. That's right. <laughs> that'll 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 be our that'll be our title for the episode. Congratulations, Betty White, on turning oh, ninety nine so years old. Man, oh man, that put a smile on my face when I read about that today. I was like, oh, she is a little sweetheart. I wish she was my grandma. So do I, because some <laughs> of the stuff that comes out of her mouth is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, she's a funny lady. That's amazing. All right, well, I guess that concludes things for episode number 183 of Stream of Thought. Until next time. Until next time.